You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals podcast for Thursday, May the 19th of 2022. I am the host of the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today and every day that you tune in. It's a post-game edition of the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On podcast network, where it's your team every day. Cardinals fall in extras today to the New York Mets 7-6, to despite some individual and team positives on the offensive side of the baseball. So today we're going to start with the positive side, talking about the offense, talking about the resiliency and the way that they, they, they grit, it was battle. It was a good thing to see from the offense, despite Giovanni Gallegos being unable to secure the win, unable to secure the save. And we do have to talk about the negative side of the pitching that was today. But we will finish the show with a brief preview, talking about Nolan Gorman and Matthew Libertor. That will be the headline of at least one of our shows tomorrow, because there's a possibility we have to. After this is done and over, we're going in-depth talking about Nolan Gorman and Matthew Libertor. So that'll be up tomorrow morning, regardless. That will be one of two. If, if Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates is feeling a little bit better, we're going to have two shows tomorrow because we're going to have a crossover with him talking about the game and the series between the Pirates and the Cardinals. But regardless, one of the shows tomorrow will be talking about Gorman and Libertor. Just want to do a little bit more research, want to do a little bit more thoughts on it. So I'll give my, my initial reaction in segment number three today. But look forward for that show to come your way tomorrow. But I do want to talk about the Cardinals' offense from today's game. Because overall, it was a net positive, I would say. You know, you score once in the second, once in the third, the fifth, the seventh, the tenth. You score six runs. You're able to get 13 hits. You only strike out five times. You draw um, three walks. It was overall pretty positive. You saw a hit from Tommy Edmond despite him striking out twice. Brendan Donovan with two more hits and a key clutch walk in the ninth inning. Paul Goldschmidt had a monster day. Three hits, four runs driven in. Run scored on the bomb. Yeah, Juan Yepes had a monster day. He had a home run, had three hits. You saw some good things from Harrison Bader as well, who also had a three-hit day. He was three for five, scored a run. 13-hit barrage by the offense is a good thing on a couple different levels. It was against a really solid pitcher in Chris Bassett to start. Chris Bassett, somebody who threw six shutout innings his last time out against the St. Louis Cardinals, turns around and doesn't get roughed up, per se. Doesn't, you know, give up all the runs in the world. Doesn't fall apart, per se. But doesn't dominate either. He doesn't throw six shutout innings. Obviously, he gave up a handful of runs. And the Cardinals were able to make him work. And he kept his team in the game, to give him credit. But overall, his line, six and a third, nine hits, four earned. A walk, three punch-outs, gave up the two home runs. As mentioned earlier, to both Juan Yepes and Paul Goldschmidt. Both of those coming, by the way, or one of them coming, rather, with, with two outs. Well, the unfortunate part is what I was going to say. Um, they both came with no runners on base. Goldsmith was an absolute bomb, a no-doubter, and Yepes got every bit of that baseball as well. So we're starting to see some positives from the offense. We're starting to see what we weren't seeing for a couple weeks there, the ability to put together at-bats, the ability to come back in games is what it comes down to. Even yesterday, the Cardinals were able to come back, come from behind, and both times fall short. 
I understand that. But they were able to keep them in the game. Nolan Arenado had that two home run late to, to get them back in the game, to give you a little bit of hope. We're seeing the persistence. We're seeing the resiliency right now in the Cardinal offense. That is a huge positive. You're going to have days where you struggle. But you need to have the ability, if needed, to find a way to at least offensively win the game. They did not win the game today. They did not score enough runs. I understand that. But there are still positives from this offensive performance today, just like there are positives from the offensive performance on Tuesday. They didn't strike out in the ninth inning against Edwin Diaz when they were supposed Or I'll, I'll say this, because they did strike out twice. The one on Tom Yebin in the ninth inning, was it too close to take? Maybe. Was it a strike? No. Juan Yepes, even before he struck out, put together a really good at-bat. Really good at-bat against Edwin Diaz. Fouled off a couple of tight sliders. I was sitting slider as well watching, and I'm sure he was. That's why he got frozen on a fastball. But Paul Goldschmidt, when he needed to, did not strike out, put the ball in play, and a good thing happened. Brendan Donovan worked a great walk. You saw some good things from this offense and the ability to put together and string together at-bats, to not strike out, to put the ball in play. Even the run that scored in the ninth inning, or the tenth inning, excuse me, was because Pujols put the ball in play. Now, it was a double play, and you would have liked to see a base hit or a fly ball in that situation. But still... In that scenario, with runners on first and third or nobody out, a double play ground out is better than a strikeout. Albert was not credited with an RBI, but at the time, it was an anticlimactic way for the Cardinals to get a lead. And as we all now know very well, the way that the Cardinals lost the lead was very climantic, climatic, dramatic, exciting. I mean, if you're a Mets fan, I guess. I'm sure Ryan over at Lockdown Mets is having a good time. But this offense is starting to click. We're seeing Dylan Carlson perform a lot better. Juan Yepes, I talked about it yesterday, that Juan Yepes needs to show the ability to make adjustments. He did today. Yes, he struck out with the bases loaded and a chance to drive in the go-ahead run, a, a possible winning run. I understand that. He still had a great day. If you go three for five with a home run, I'll take that day every day of the week. <laughs> So he, was, he showed the ability to make adjustments. This entire Cardinal offense is showcasing that ability. It's a huge positive going forward for this team. And you're also having guys not named Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado produce. You're having guys like Yepes produce. You're having Brendan Donovan have good days. We saw Bader have a good day today. Dylan Carlson, as we've talked about multiple times. These are all net positives for the St. Louis Cardinals offense. Dakota Hudson put the Cardinals in an 0-2 hole early. Yepes home run, Goldschmidt home run, we're tied. Goldschmidt double, Cardinals had the lead. Yeah, Dakota Hudson and Nitwickren couldn't hold the lead as the lead was sacrificed. But then you saw again the Cardinals able to fight, scratch, and claw their way back. A sacrifice fly by Goldschmidt, base running mistake by Donovan. Should he have tagged? Should he not have tagged? Easy to say no now. I probably still say no in the moment, but if he makes it, then we're saying it's a good aggressive play. And then string together at bats in ninth inning against a closer that it strikes out the world in Edwin Diaz. It was a brutal way to lose a game. Don't get me wrong. I was watching the game. I was frustrated. I was upset. It was not fun watching that game, especially late. It really wasn't fun watching the game through a majority of it because holy cow, 
Does Dakota Hudson work slow? Oh, man. When he's on, he's somewhat fun to watch. And when he's getting out, it's tolerable. But when he's pitching like he did today, oh, talk about his performance in a little bit. Actually, not a little bit. A real short bit coming up here in just a moment. But the point is that this was not a fun game to watch in the end and throughout the majority of it. But the positive for me, the positive takeaway is that this offense is starting to show some signs, not only of life, but show some signs that they're not an all-or-nothing offense. They're, they're starting that sign. They're, they're starting it. Obviously, this is just a four-game series. You've still lost three out of four, so you've still got problems to figure out. But they're showing signs that this offense is not a feast or famine offense, which is something they have been the entire year. So I'm impressed with what I'm seeing from an offensive standpoint for the St. Louis Cardinals, especially against some top-tier pitching in Scherzer and Bassett. At least Scherzer, even though he, he got hurt. And tough break for the Mets as he's out, now out six to eight weeks. That's tough. Um, but the offense for the Cardinals, keep this mojo going. Keep this approach going. Keep this attitude of next man up going. Keep this attitude of stringing together at-bats going. It's going to be more successful long-term, in my opinion, than the feast or famine offense that we have seen to date. I mentioned Dakota Hudson. I mentioned multiple times that the Cardinals lost today. So with this loss, with the brutal loss, we do have to talk about the net negatives, if you will. But before we do that, I want to end end this segment with one more positive. Let's talk about brownies. Okay, because I love brownies. My fiance loves brownies. She doesn't like ice cream, but she loves brownies. But you know what I love more than brownies? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just making the brownies, and then I have less brownies left over. But if you are like me, imagine if you could lick that brownie batter and get some protein. You get the great taste of brownie batter and some protein. Well, you're in luck because Built has a new creation, and it is one that is better than ever. It's called the Brownie Batter Puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now at Built.com. Because if you haven't tried the Built Puffs yet, you're missing out. I don't know what you're waiting for. Puffs are a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. They are delicious. It's a delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. That brownie batter puffs is the perfect pick-me-up for any day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% in chocolate. That means that with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. The Brownie Batter Puffs will have you completely forgetting that you were eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. It's real life, but they are going to run out in a hurry. So go to Built.com to get Protein Batter Puffs now. Be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order at Built.com. One more time, that is LOCKED15 for 50% off at Build.com. Cardinal pitching today, the, the middle part of the bullpen was, was good, but you saw Dakota Hudson get charged with four earned runs. He walked two, he struck out two, he gave up five hits and four and two-thirds of an inning. Nip. Nick Whitgren came in with one inherited runner. He came around to score. So Whitgren was also charged with an earned run of himself as he gets one out, gives up two hits, an earned run, as I mentioned, and he walked a batter. 
The negatives in this game is the pitching. Andre Pallante, Hennessy Cabrera, and Ryan Helsley were positives. But the two to start and the one to finish, those are the negatives. Nick Wickren has gotten a lot of outs. He's, he's tops in major leagues and appearances. There weren't really a whole lot of other options to go to in that fifth inning at that point in the game. Wasn't necessarily a high leverage spot. You didn't want to see Cabrera that early. Definitely didn't want to see Helsley that early. It's a tough spot to be in from manager. You're not going to put TJ McFarland back out there. You're not going to put Jake Walsh back out there. Tough spot to be in. That said, he's he's had some moments this year where he's solid, but he also has his blow up appearances. I wouldn't say today was a blow up, but today was a bad appearance. Talking about Dakota Hudson for just a moment, you know, circling him, if you will. Dakota Hudson, first of all, as I mentioned in segment number one, is about the slowest worker in baseball. And I'm sure there's a stat somewhere to back me up on that. But holy cow, does he work slow. It's a painful thing to watch. And he just hasn't been able to find the groove yet. I will say this in defense of Dakota Hudson for just a quick moment. And I know that that might be blasphemy. But I will say this in defense of him for just a minute. We do have to remember, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. That is not an easy surgery to come back from. Yes, he pitched the tail end of last year, so it's not like this is his first year. It's his first full year. But he's still coming back from a major surgery that needs time to come back, that that he needs time to get to where he was beforehand. He's still largely on a pitch count, or at least on a tighter pitch count than you would more than likely see him in a regular circumstance. So that's, that's my quick defense. Does that negate all the problems that he has and the problems that he's been showing? No. I'm a, I've been in the past, on this show recently, in years past, I've been a Dakota Hudson defender. I've been a Dakota Hudson fan. That does not change today with the way he threw. That does not ch- Today does not change my opinion of Dakota Hudson. Completely. I'll say that. Does not change my opinion, opinion completely. But it is time to start, at least in my estimation, it's time to start considering alternate solutions. I'm not saying DFAM. I'm not saying moving to the bullpen. But between him and Hicks, the, the, those two starters are getting you a very low amount of outs. That's a big reason why we're seeing Matthew Liebertor come up and start on Saturday. If Matthew Liebertor pitches well on Saturday, does he take the spot of Dakota Hudson? Or Jordan Hicks. That's a really realistic possibility in my estimation. Matthew Libertor is a prospect the Cardinals are very high on. He was the key piece in the Jose Martinez-Randy Orozarena deal. He was the key piece coming back from the Rays in that acquisition. Because of how high this kid's ceiling is. So if he comes out and impresses, and he's had some good starts at Memphis this year, I'll talk about him again more in depth in segment three as well as on one of the shows tomorrow. Does he take the spot of Hudson and Hicks? Hudson or Hicks, excuse me. A possibility. I will elaborate on that in segment three a little bit, but more so on tomorrow's show, so stay tuned for that. But Dakota Hudson, bottom line, it's starting to get to the point where he needs to figure it out or another decision will be made. Let's fast forward to the 10th inning. Actually, let's fast forward to the 9th inning. 
just for a moment. Ryan Helsley comes in. Pitches an inning. Ryan Helsley looked pretty good, I thought. Struck out Francisco Lindor. To, to end it in, in his scoreless inning. Pretty solid. Ryan Helsley's been exceptional all year. Has not allowed an earned run. Allowed his first unearned run in this series. And Ryan Helsley threw 13 pitches. 10 of them for strikes. Cardinals go out. Get the lead in the top half of the 10th. In the moment, I had no doubts, no second thoughts, nothing else to consider than, yep, Giovanni Gallegos is coming into this game. I'll admit that. I'm not going to try to be a second-hand manager or a back chair man, or an armchair quarterback, as they say. I will admit I was okay with the Giovanni Gallegos decision. And it's easy to sit here in hindsight and say, you should have done this, you should have done that. But I'll, I'll turn it around for a moment. I'll say, I should have thought differently. Ryan Helsley pitched a lot this series. High leverage situation. You need to be able to rest him. But my thought process now is this. Leave Ryan Helsley in for another inning. Because even if he throws another 13, let's say even he throws another 20. Up the ante a little bit. 33 pitches now. I do that math in my head. You like that? 20 plus 13? I think that's right. <laughs> then yeah, Helsley's done for tomorrow. He's likely done Saturday. But let's think this through. You've got the Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend. That's not a very good Major League Baseball team. You've got Adam Wainwright going tomorrow. Second start since coming off the COVID IL, but he threw six innings his last time out. But this way, now Helsley and Gallegos are probably done for tomorrow. Yeah, I know Gallegos only threw two pitches today. But do you want to throw him right back into the fire or do you want to give him a rest? That's a decision Marmar will have to make. But I would not be surprised if Gallegos is last is one of the last resorts in tomorrow's game. Would not shock me at all. Whereas if you throw Helsley for two innings today, and he is as effective as he was in inning number nine, or in the ninth inning, his first inning, then you have Gallegos for tomorrow, and we all know that Giovanni Gallegos is so much better with rest. And now he does not have that. Yes, he threw two pitches. I understand that. But another, another day of, of warm-up tosses, another, another day of pitching at the major league level. He is better with rest. I'm thinking maybe Marmol could have managed the bullpen a little bit better today. And again, I'm not going to be too harsh on him today because I didn't even think of this in the moment. I was on board with Gallegos in the moment. But maybe we would have liked to have seen Helsley go a second inning. And save Gallegos. Maybe not the physical stress, but the mental stress or the mental toll. Maybe not a physical toll, but a mental toll. Because whether Gallegos was taxed too much physically today or not, he was definitely taxed mentally coming into that situation and then blowing that situation. Giving up the 2 and a home run to Pete Alonso. Not a situation you like to see your closer in. You obviously, at the end of the day, want your closer, which right now Gallegos is. You want him to be able to go into that situation and be nails and be really good. And he wasn't. So obviously that's on Geo. This is loss. It's not on Marmol. It's not where I'm getting at. And the sauce is not entirely on Gallegos. Didn't want to misspeak there. But there is that thought process of what if. There is that thought process. So finish up thoughts and news and notes on this game. 
Andrew Kisner was removed in the middle of the game after taking a number of uh, foul balls um, to the face, to the face mask. Watching that edit did not look pretty. So I hope that he's okay. I saw that Yvonne Herrera was added to the taxi squad for the St. Louis Cardinals catching prospects. So maybe if Kisner has to go down, Herrera gets the call up, and we see three hopeful future faces of the franchise this weekend. Obviously, you hope Kisner is okay, and Sosa's continued to be day-to-day as well. So um, hope those two gentlemen will be okay in the, in the future moving forward. Um, but with that said, speaking of the faces, the future faces of the franchise, speaking of the youth movement, let's talk about Matthew Libertor, Nolan Gorman, getting the call up. My thoughts on that coming up in just a moment. But first, our partners at Bet Online want you to know that they continue to be the number one source for all, that's right, all, every single bit of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next year's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, whether it's live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Every kind of betting you can imagine, BetOnline has it. So head to that website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Be sure to be listening to the Locked On Now podcast where they uh, take you in-depth around Major League Baseball with information from your local experts. No other network does what the Locked On Now podcast is doing. No other network is doing what the Locked On Podcast Network is doing in general, so I thank you for listening. We close today's show with arguably the best news of the day from a Cardinal standpoint, and that is that two of their top prospects have been unofficially and officially called up. They announced it on Twitter. Uh, the corresponding move for Nolan Gorman is that Tyler O'Neill is going to the injured list with right shoulder inflammation. To hope that O'Neill's okay. Maybe, maybe that's a, a part of a cause for his struggles. Maybe. Not giving him the injury excuse, but maybe. Or maybe they're making the injury worse than it is to give him some time away and to get Gorman up at the major league level. I don't know. That's complete speculation. But would not surprise me. Either way, O'Neill gets some time to, to rest, recuperate, recuperate and recover, and Nolan Gorman gets the call up. The corresponding move for Libertor has not been uh, not been announced yet, but we're going to see some moves, uh, more moves than have, than have been announced at this time because we need some 40-man roster spots to clear up. But it's finally time for the youth movement in St. Louis to start. Not that, not that St. Louis was getting overly old by any stretch of the imagination, but these are two prospects that the Cardinals have been very high on for a very long time, and that Cardinal fans have waited on seeing for a very long time. I want to say this about both players. Expectations are high. That's great. Expectations need to be high. That's I have no problem with expectations being high. But that doesn't mean the expectation needs to be that they're perfect and they make an impact right away. Even at the minor league level, even when Nolan Gorman, Nolan Gorman is at his best, even when Gorman is tearing the cover off the baseball, Nolan Gorman strikes out. That's just a that's just the way it is. That is a part of his game. You can live with it when he's hitting the cover off the baseball and hitting and producing. 
but at the major league level, I would expect the strikeouts to go up for a bit. Also with Nolan Gorman, he has a history of not hitting very well when he's first called up, struggling, and finding a way to get out of it. That's why with Gorman, when he struggles, whether it's right away or otherwise, I have confidence that he's going to figure it out. But just a word of caution that Gorman is going to strike out. Let's not all lose our minds if he goes two for his first nine with five strikeouts. It's going to be okay. With Libertor, he also has shown signs of struggle at times uh, when he gets called up to different levels, but again, has shown the ability to improve. And we don't even know if Libertor is going to be a long-term call-up. We don't. Katie Wu of The Athletic reporting that it's going to be a team decision after the start on Saturday, whether or not it's one start or multiple starts based on his performance. We just don't know. But if he goes five innings, gives up three to four runs, and just doesn't dominate, that's okay. For a start or two or three, for a week or two, it's okay if these guys struggle. I'm excited. I expect them to perform. The expectation should be that they perform. But with any rookie, just the, the word of caution, take a step back. It's going to be okay. I think that both these two are the real deal. I think Jordan Walker is the real deal. We'll see him in a couple of years as well. There, there's a lot to be excited for about the future. And the youth movement is here. We thought we were going to see it a couple weeks ago. But Nolan Gorman now going to the call up. He'll be the second baseman. Tommy Edmond is moving over to short. It makes you wonder what Brendan Donovan's got, what's going to happen with Brendan Donovan. He deserves to play. He's done everything right. He's done everything he can to play every day, to get the right to play every day. But playing every day at the major league level is tough. As Rookie Horton likes to say, this is the big leagues. I feel like Rookie Horton says that every day on the on the radio broadcast that I listen to him. Love Rookie Horton. I think he's a great, uh, really solid radio play-by-play man. I like listening to him and John Rooney. Their chemistry back and forth is fun. But I want to know your exci- excitement level on Nolan Gorman and Matthew Libertor. And if, you wanna, if you're thinking, oh man, why isn't he talking about them more? Don't worry. Right after I end record, right after I post this on Thursday evening, I'm recording tomorrow's show talking about these two. I just wanted there after I do a little bit more research. There'll be a little bit of a delay. Not that that matters to you, but I'm telling you anyways. More thoughts on Libertor and Gorman will be coming tomorrow. So once again, just a reminder on tomorrow's programming. That'll be the show out at minimum. Or also could be a second show if Ethan Smith is filling up to it, uh, if he gets out of underneath the weather, a crossover with him with uh, talking about the Pirates series this weekend. So, just be ready for that. I want to thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen of the day. Be sure to listen to Locked on MLB next with our pal Sully as he gives you his take on the majors, both past and present. So, that'll, that's, I'm wrapping up the show. That's going to do it for today. To sum up my thoughts on the game today, the offense gave some signs of hope that I look forward to seeing in the future. Dakota Hudson continues to unimpress. Nick Whitgren has been overused. And Giovanni Gagos, A, probably shouldn't have been brought in today. And B, might be considered time to give Ryan Helsley the closer's job. And as well as, I'm overly excited. I'm really excited for Gorman and Libertor. But it's okay if they struggle. I'll be talking more about Gorman and Libertor on tomorrow's show, so be sure to tune in to that when it drops tomorrow morning. Until I talk to you then, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.